Thank you for taking the time to listen to this audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center. Our prayer is that you'll be encouraged and blessed by the anointed Word of God. If you'd like more information about Apostolic Worship Center and its ministries, visit our website at www.awcnorman.com. The book of John, the 31st verse of the 8th chapter of the book of John, John 8 and 31. Jesus is speaking to some Pharisees, religious leaders of the day. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, ye shall be made free? Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. My subject for this morning, for the next few moments, is simply those final two words, free indeed. Free indeed. Would you ask the Lord to help us together, Jesus? God, as we go to the word of the Lord today. God, as we take this holy bread into our hands and we break it, we're asking you, Lord, to help us. We need the strength of the Lord, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. We need the touch of God in the next few moments, the reception of that word into our heart. God, that it might do its wonderful work. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And can we give him one more sound of praise and worship before we're seated today? Just make a joyful sound to the Lord. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. And you may be seated. God bless you. It is July the 4th, and America rises today to celebrate its 245th year of independence. But amid all that will transpire today, booming fireworks and bountiful tables, It is so easy to lose the reason of why we celebrate July the 4th. Now, indeed, celebration is in order. We must celebrate. It's right to celebrate. In fact, John Adams wrote, after the Declaration of Independence was submitted to the Continental Congress, before even July the 4th, it was submitted on July the 2nd, and before the 4th, when it passed, and the president of the Congress and the secretary of the Congress signed it. John Adams wrote this to his wife and said, this is the most memorable epoch in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. And then he goes on to say that it ought to be solemnized with pomp and parade and shows and games and sports and guns and bells and bonfires and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forever. 
forevermore. So this is such a monumental day in the, in the passing of this declaration of independence. And it ought to be celebrated in the greatest way possible. And celebrate America does. We celebrate every year the 4th of July. Tremendously we celebrate it. Somewhere around 15,000 fireworks will take place nationwide yesterday, today, and probably in the next day to come. Uh, 15,000 fireworks will take off. Small towns will spend an average of $8,000 to $15,000 on a firework display. We know how to celebrate the 4th of July. Large cities and metro areas putting on firework displays will spend up somewhere around $2 million on one display for the purpose of celebration. Now, you may not eat any today. I don't plan on it. But 150 million hot dogs are consumed on the 4th of July. That's enough hot dogs to stretch from Washington, D.C. to Los Angeles, California five times over. In fact, 2021, National Retail Federation predicts that Americans are going to spend today, will spend today, $7.52 billion on food and all kinds of treats that we're going to put on our table nationwide. This, that averages out at somewhere around $80 per person participating in barbecues and outdoor cookouts and picnics. We know how to celebrate, and that don't even include that there's over $1 billion spent on alcohol on the 4th of July. The nation of America knows how to celebrate yet. The reason for this celebratory day can somehow be lost in our booming fireworks and our bountiful tables. As we join around our grills and we set out on the patio and we fellowship and we laugh and we play ball and we do all the things we do, we can forget what all of the excitement really is about and the extravagance that is being displayed. In fact, recent polls show that most don't even know, especially amongst young people, don't even know the reason for the 4th of July. They don't understand that behind the booming fireworks and the bountiful tables that are spread and the billions of dollars that are spent that it was about a small group of people that was throwing off the restraints of a tyrannical monarchy, seeking for freedom, trying to throw aside those restraints, saying we want to pursue our own dreams. We want to secure our own future. We wish to plot our own destiny. We wish to make a nation for ourselves. And for that moment of throwing off those restraints, 
we have a day called July the 4th and it is in John Adams' words a day of a great show of celebration and festivities but freedom is the reason we celebrate. Freedom is the reason why the money is spent and the displays happen is because there's freedom. Now, if there was no reason for the celebration, it simply becomes fun and games and a bunch of excitement that nobody knows what we're doing it for, but the reason boils down to nothing more than freedom. Now, I didn't come to preach to you about the booming fireworks and bountiful tables and the billions of dollars that are spent on food. But you understand what takes place in the natural is mirrored in the spiritual. What happens in the physical realm can be brought over into the spiritual realm. And while we step into the spiritual realm, we can discover that there's oftentimes a lot of emotion that is associated with religiosity. There's oftentimes much display given to the fact of what we call worship. It is shown in extravagant church productions filled maybe with lights and videos and all this kind of stuff that make things happen. And sometimes in the emotion of the moment, we can forget why we lift our voice and why we sing. We look across the congregation such as this today and others across our nation and we see some that sway a little bit back and forth and others that have a little bounce in their feet and others that wave their hands and some that might even kind of dance with their feet just a little bit. Others that might even get in the aisle and display before the Lord and some might wonder why there is that excitement and why there is that demonstration and why there is such hand clapping and why there is such hand raising and why do you lift your voice and why do you shout? Well, you have to understand there's a reason why there's a reason we dance and there's a reason we shout and there's a reason we clap and there's a reason that we demonstrate and there's a reason that we praise and it's not just because of an emotional moment and a high moment and an electrifying moment but the reason why that we do it it's because we've been made free from the power of sin and of darkness we have been brought out of the clutches of the hell and we have been brought in to the liberty of the spirit and it is all about freedom. Maybe you don't understand so let's pause for a little while to look at our history. Paul tells us about it in Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 1 when he writes to that early church he tells them stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has has made you free. He will write later in that 13th verse of the same chapter, you've been called unto liberty. If you want to know what church is about, if you want to know what worship is about, it's because we've been called unto liberty and we've been made free from the bondage of sin. Paul will write to the Romans in Romans chapter 6, and verse number 18 he says being then made free from sin and he will write again in Romans 8 
Revelation 2 that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. May I say to you on this Sunday morning that the reason for our demonstration and the reason for our excitement is we know where God has brought us from. If I could take time on this Sunday morning and I could pause right here on this right hand side and I could take time for a little testimony and I could just walk the microphone down through these pews. The story would be told again and again of addictions and vices and habits and if I would move to this middle section it would be the story repeated again over and over for the life that God has brought us from the darkness and the bondage and the habits that he's broken in our life and if I would pause on this left hand side it would just resonate even louder again and again because you see the reason you see us clapping and the reason you see us shouting and the reason our voice is lifted is we remember the dark pit we came out of we remember the sleepless nights we remember the moments when our soul was in bondage there was no peace and there was no joy and there was no happiness and we had no future and our eternity had no chance but one day we met the master and when we met the master we repented of our sins we were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sins and we were filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the chains of that past life I said the chains of that past life the chains of that darkness the chains of that hopelessness has all fallen off and now I can say I once was blind but now I I see I once was lost but now I'm found I once was out but now I'm in I once was going down but now God has brought me up out of a horrible pit oh I wish I could sing I do wish I could sing because I would say it something like this once like a bird in prison I dwelt no freedom from my sorrow I felt but Jesus came and listened to me and glory to God he set me free oh and then we would join in together on the chorus he set me free he set me free he set me free he broke the bonds of prison for me I'm glory bound Jesus to see for glory to God he set me free is there anybody in the house that's been set free on this Sunday morning I'm free That's the reason for our celebration. We're not just setting off noise. We're not just having commotion. It's not just emotion. We know where God's brought us from. We know the depths he's drug us out of. That's why we declare the glory of God in our praise, our shout, and our dance. Praise God, I'm free. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Praise God, and I am free free. Now you understand, if you're going to celebrate and really have meaning in celebration, if it's going to be more than just excitement and emotion, if it's going to be more than just caught up in in the thrill of the moment, if it's going to be more than just, ooh, ah, look at that display. 
I was down at the fireworks stand yesterday and I don't know the first thing about them, but I wanted to buy something to set off tonight. And so I, I told him, I said, I want something that's going to go up and go boom. I said, which one of these will do that? It's got color. She said, this one's the silent kind. I said, well, that sounds good. I said, but does, does it go way up? She says, oh, yes, sir. It goes way up there. I said, well, I'll take that one right there. And there, her little co-worker that was working with her came over, and he had overheard the conversation. He said, it's, it's a fountain. It's a fountain. I said, oh, so it don't go way up. He said, oh, it, it goes up 10, 15 foot. I said, it, it, is it pretty? Does it make big, pretty colors? He said, oh, yes, sir. I said, I want that one right there. I said, now, I want something that's going to go way up and go boom. Just got a lot of color. He said, well, you want this one right over here? I said, well, give me that one. I, I, I want something so we can stand out there tonight and say, ooh, ah. Pastor bought that one. Ooh, ah. But the deal is, you're going to get caught up in the colors of the moment. And it's going to be a far-flung idea from you. The reason why we're oohing and aahing. And the reason why we're standing out there and having fun together. I don't want to just get caught up in the emotion of religion. I don't want to just get caught up in the emotion of worship. And pulled along by songs and beat. And and all the stuff that goes with it. And I forget what this thing's all about. Celebration happens because there's this thing called freedom. Yeah. But now, freedom can't happen unless I understand the tyranny of bondage. And I really think the reason why we've never come to appreciate freedom is we don't understand the tyranny of bondage. The reason we can't really appreciate the, the fact that we're free is we, we can't understand the restraints. Here, here in America, we, we, we last year we, we went through a little time where we had shut down and we wasn't able to come together and we got maybe just a, a, a hair of a taste, but I'm afraid we're a little far removed from it now and, and we've kind of forgot that but, but there, 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 are, there are some nations uh, that they, 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 they have church like that all the time. They can't get together and uh, they, they, they have to time their worship with a train that goes by outside where they're worshiping so that the train will cover up their shout of praise because if they're caught worshiping they would be hauled off to jail but they understand that they have the privilege of lifting their voice because of the tyranny of bondage. You see, you've got to understand how the the, the chains were wrapped around you, how strong the element of sin is. And I, I think for the most part, we have forgotten how strong those chains were in our life, how desperate things really were. This is what Jesus is addressing in our text this morning when he says in John chapter 8 and verse number 32, he he said, you shall know the truth. Now, remember who he's writing to and he's speaking to. He's, he's talking to some religious people, folks that frequent the temple, 
folks that come and go from the place that they consider that is holy. And he says, ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In other words, what he was telling these religious worshipers is you're not really free. You don't really understand what liberty is really all about. You're going to the temple. You're offering sacrifices. You're going through all the motions of religiosity, but you're really not free because you don't understand what bondage really is. And so at the insinuation of Jesus that they are not really free, these religious leaders respond back to Jesus in John 8 and 33. And they say, we be Abraham's seed and were never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou ye shall be made free. They were laying claim to their spiritual heritage saying uh, we've not been in bondage. We don't know what bondage is when in actual fact their history is dotted with bondage. They spent over 400 years in Egyptian bondage before they were led out by Moses. There's at least seven occurrences in the book of Judges where the nation of Israel fell into captivity and then there's the 70 years of captivity they spent in Babylon and they say we are not in bondage and have never been in bondage and even while they were speaking in their pockets were Roman coins that gave proof to the fact that they were now incarcerated by the Romans in their own land and yet they tried to deny the fact that they had never ever been in bondage before so Jesus begins to inform them of what bondage really is what bondage really looks like in John 8 and 34 when he says verily verily I say unto you whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin he said listen to me now bondage is not your externalities bondage is what happens internally. Bondage is not what happens on the surface. Bondage is what takes place down in the depths of your soul. And while you can claim freedom on the outside and the surface, he said, inwardly in your soul there is bondages and chains you can't even begin to imagine. One of the greatest things that happens amongst us in the prosperity of the United States States of America is this uh, is that we have a tendency to think I work a good job I wear I wear nice clothes I drive a good car I I, I, I take vacations I I've, I've got this and I got that and I, I I've got the other and and we start listing off all of our blessings and the things that we have reaped in this present life and so we say well I'm not in bondage I've got no bondage bondage is not that which is on the surface that takes place in the physical but deep within my spirit and in my soul there are things that take place there's chains and there's spirits and there's vices and there's fetters that hold me bound internally and it doesn't matter what kind of freedoms I have on the outside if I'm not free on the inside I'm not really free 
I wish somebody would hear me on this Sunday morning. I'm here to tell you it don't matter what kind of nation we live in. And I just want to go on the record to tell you with all of the faults and the flaws of the United States of America, I've lived overseas. I know what it is to live overseas. The United States of America is still the best thing going. Okay? But we can, we, can, we can get the attitude and mindset of our freedom here in the United States and forget that there's more to liberty than just what I can say and speak and read and do. But there is something that takes place in my spirit and in my soul. And I, I want physical freedom, but I need internal freedom from the spirits that haunt me and the prison that's on the inside that keeps me from really having joy in my heart and peace in my life because I may be able to say what I want to say and have freedom of expression and freedom of press and be able to go and do anything I want to do but oh if I've got that internal bondage on the inside of me then I'm bound and that's where I need to be liberated from you see when you go back to the Old Testament and you look at Jacob's boys that came down to gather corn during famine. I find it very interesting. Years before the taskmaster ever cracked its whip over the Egyptian and the slavery of Egypt, long before they ever snatched babies from, from the embracing arms of mothers, long before there was ever the horror and the rigor and all that stuff that took place, the brothers of Joseph, the sons of Jacob, stood in the system of Egypt and they declared, We will be thy bondmen. They had been became bondmen internally long before they became enslaved externally because bondage is not always on the outside bondage is what's on the inside and there's things and fears inside of us and there's spirits that hold us bound that God I, I want to preach to somebody on this Sunday morning that fear that's inside of you God wants to break it off of you this Sunday morning that, 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 that worry that keeps you perplexed at night. God wants to give you liberty from all of that. that. That condemnation that keeps reminding you about your mistakes of yesterday that's inside of you. God wants to deliver you from that. He wants to give you liberty, not just in the physical realm, but He wants to give you liberty internally because that's where we're really free. You see what happens inside? Sin's a, a hard taskmaster. Sin's a hard taskmaster. Scripture tells it like this. Je Jesus tells, tells these he's talking to. He said, whosoever committeth sin is the servant. They're, 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 they're under a, a, a master. The servant of sin. Paul writing to Titus, he says that you're serving divers' lust and pleasures. And this servitude becomes so strong that Peter in writing his epistle says you cannot cease from that sin. You cannot break away from it. You cannot will yourself out of sin. You cannot get up and say, you know, I'm just going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and I'm just not going to do it anymore. You just can't do it. 
It can't happen. You can't will yourself out of sin. There's got to be something outside of you that's able to break that stronghold inside of you that's going to turn you around because I cannot break those chains of sin because Scripture says that I've been taken captive by the devil at his will. And Jesus says later in our text that we have read today that ye are of your father the devil and the lust of your father ye will do. And Paul says you're in the power of darkness and then he calls it a yoke of bondage. That's the kind of life that one lives that is living by sin, habits and vices and addictions and desires and lust and cravings that I just can't shake. I can't break. I can't get off of me. They are internalized inside of me. You can, you can run away. A natural slave can run away from his master. In the, in, in the history of slavery of our nation and those reprehensible acts that took place, slaves would flee from their master. They would try to find life someplace else. But the servitude of sin, you can't ever flee the master because the master controls and rules you and wherever you go that domination that fear that prison is there it doesn't matter what job you work at it don't matter what neighborhood you live in it don't matter where you are in geography it don't matter this that or the other because you cannot flee the bondage of sin the only way that you can get rid of sin is God's got to do a divine work on the inside. There's got to be a work of the Holy Ghost. There's got to be a work of the Spirit that takes away that addiction, that takes away that passion, that takes away that desire, that takes away that craving. And I've come to tell somebody on this Sunday morning, it's possible to really be free. Free in a way you've never known it before. Let me tell you what sin does. Sin not only imprisons, sin not only makes you a, a servant to it, it not only dominates your thinking and your mind to where you can't outrun it, you can't get away from it, but sin keeps you from being a member of the household of God. You cannot be a member of the household of God bound by sin. Not only are we a servant to it, but it's prohibiting me from belonging to the house. That's what Jesus tells these in John 8 and 35. He says, and a servant, these who are servants to sin, a servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. You understand, a servant doesn't belong in the house. He may come and go, but he don't belong in the house. He may traffic in the house, but he don't belong in the house. He may walk through the halls of the house. He may go through the corridors of the house, but he don't belong in the house. When nightfall comes, he's got to go someplace else because he's, he doesn't belong in the house. He may hang out in the living room a little while, but he don't belong in the house. He's just a servant in the house. He doesn't really belong there, but one that's born in that house. 
He belongs inside the house. And Jesus said a servant can't stay in the house forever, but a son abideth forever. I've come to tell you the only way to be a part of the household of God is there's got to be a divine work take place on the inside of you that breaks the bonds of sin, the chains of sin. You can be a servant in the house, but you can't belong to the house till you've been born again of water and of spirit and had your sins washed away in the sea of God's forgetfulness and his name applied to your life. I don't want to be a servant in the house. I want to be a son in the house. Oh, hallelujah. I want to be glad that I've been born in this house. So Jesus says in John 8 and 36, he says, if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Proper translation is if the Son, capital S-O-N, makes you free, you're really going to be free. You can lay claim to natural freedoms, but you're really not free until the sun does a work in your spirit. You can lay claim to natural privileges, but you're really not free until the sun has done a work on the inside of you. Now listen to me on this Sunday morning because there are so many servants. There are so many servants. They sit in the pews of Christianity and they stand in the aisles of religion, but they're really not free because they're not a son in the house. You know, a servant can come through the house and he can, he can even pick up a few morsels off of the table. He's a servant in the house, but he can pick up a few morsels and eat a little bit of the food that's served in the house. But he can't stay in the house. A servant can come through the house and he can overhear the conversation that's in the house. And he may even join on occasions in the laughter that's in the house. But he can't stay in the house because he's not a son of the house. He's not born there. But Jesus said in John 8 and 36, he who the son hath made free is free indeed. He's not just walking through the house on occasions. He's not just going through the house momentarily. Some have been content with just kind of hanging around religion, just kind of hanging around Christianity, getting a little morsel here and a little morsel there, picking up a little bit on the conversation here, enjoying a little bit of the fellowship over here. But inside, they're bound by bitterness and unforgiveness. They're bound by greed and jealousies. They're bound by vices and addictions and spirits and lust that's inside. And they've come to content themselves with just picking up a little morsel here and a little morsel there, having a little laugh with the family every once in a while. But when it boils down to it, they can't stay in the house because they've not been born. They've not been liberated by the power of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to be a servant in his house. I want to be a son that's been freeborn, that's been born in the house. I am an heir 
joint heir with Christ Jesus. What belongs to him belongs to me. What he has, I have. I'm not a servant. I am a son. I'm free. I'm really free. Oh. Hey, hey, listen to me. There's nothing. Stand with me this morning. There's nothing. There's nothing any more worse. There's nothing any worse than, than living in, 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 in difficult times, difficult moments. There's nothing any worse than having, having life and all of its upsets and all of its problems and all of its difficulties. There's nothing any worse than that. There's nothing any worse in life than having, having to live life with an infirmity, affliction, health issues that dog you in and out every day. There's nothing like having to live with all kinds of things that, that, that come against you on all sides. We might want to say that that is bondage. We might want to say that is a prison. But Paul said when he stood in the courts, when he stood in the courts of Agrippa, when he stood there, he stood there with chains on his hands. And in that 26th chapter of the book of Acts, he said, I would that all men are as I am, except these chains. He said, because it may look like I'm bound in the physical, but you ought to see what I am inside. I'm free. Thank God I'm free. I may wrestle with a few infirmities in the natural, but you ought to see my soul. I'm free. Somebody say, how can you dance? How can you shout? How can you clap? How can you lift your hands and raise your voice? I'm not worried about what happens on the outside, but I'm really free on the inside because prison is not prison if God has liberated me from that darkness and that power that has come against me and the liberator is in the house on this Sunday morning and says you know what I want to make you really free in Christ Jesus so you can lift your voice and you can declare I once was but now I'm free I once was lost but now I'm found I once was blind but now I see thank God I'm free 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 from this world of sin I've been washed in the blood of Jesus I've been born again hallelujah I'm saved 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 by his wonderful grace I'm so glad I found out that he would bring me out and show me the way does anybody know what freedom feels like in the house today when God breaks the chains of my addictions my habits my vices my unforgiveness my bitterness my greed my lust my desires he breaks it off my spirit so I can lift hands before the Lord and just worship him with all of my heart mind soul and strength can somebody do it with me now all across this building lift your voice and your hands to the Lord and just declare it I'm free I'm free I'm free I'm free 
I'm free. I'm free. The power of the Holy Ghost. I remember, I've told this story a thousand times, but I feel like telling it right now. I remember several years ago, an event that had happened that left its mark on my mind and my life. And I, I tried. I tried my dead level best to get over it and get past it and get beyond it. About time I thought I was through it, it popped back up. I could stand in the morning at the mirror shaving. My blood pressure would skyrocket. My ears would turn red. It's the thoughts of that thing would hit me. And I could feel the, the anger and the rage. I was sitting in Gina, Louisiana, in front of a great man of God, sitting at his kitchen table. And that subject came up. I was evangelizing. I was preaching. I was in and out of churches. I was preaching in some of the best places and greatest pulpits. But there was something fettered on the inside. There was something bound. I really wasn't free. I really wasn't free at all. And I can remember him slapping that white-haired man, slapping the table in front of me. And he said, Brother Borders, you've got to get over it. And he slapped the table. And he said, you've got to get over it. he talked pretty straight and I decided once and for all that I couldn't just be free on the outside I had to be free on the inside I really had to be free I couldn't just have the pretense of freedom I couldn't just be a servant in the house coming and going picking up a few morsels here and there hearing the laughter of the home and enjoying the conversation from time to time but not really a member of the household because I was bound there was things inside of me and so I decided that it was going to break and I remember when it did I remember when the shackles fell off I remember when they turned loose I remember the freedom until today that blood pressure doesn't rise and the ears don't turn red in fact I can see and meet and greet and not have a bit of problem you understand because when freedom happens it happens internally and you become really free I'm preaching to somebody on this Sunday morning God wants to do a work of the Holy Ghost inside of you he wants to make you so free that on the inside it becomes like a well of living water springing up unto everlasting life he wants to break every chain he wants to break every fetter he wants to break every hurt can we lift our voice in our hands right now to the Lord and would some Somebody just be honest with God right now. I need a work of freedom in my spirit. I need a work of freedom in my heart right now. I need a work of freedom in my life. I need God you to do something inside my soul right now. I need you, oh God, to set me free. I need you to break the bonds of hurts, failures yesterday off of me. I need you to break the vices of sin, habits, addictions, all those things that's holding my mind captive I need to really be once and for all on this Sunday morning free in me
need. I'm asking you for it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Let's begin to declare that freedom. I'm opening this altar on this Sunday morning. If there's a hunger and there's a passion in your spirit and in your soul today that you really want to be free, I'm inviting you just to step from where you are down that aisle toward this altar. If you're here today and you need to repent of your sins, this is a place that you can do it. If you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, we have water today. We're ready to bury you in the name of Jesus Christ. If you've not received that beautiful gift of the Holy Ghost today, God wants to fill your heart. He wants to make you a son in the house, not a servant that merely tastes and walks through, that merely enjoys. He wants to make you free, really free today. Would you do it with me all over this building? Lift your voice and your hands to the Lord right now. I gotta be free. I gotta be free. Prison, pardon me. You have been listening to an audio sermon from Apostolic Worship Center located in Norman, Oklahoma. We are located at 3221 North Porter Avenue, Norman, Oklahoma, 73071. Our service times are Sunday at 10 o'clock a.m. and 6 o'clock p.m. And we also have various ministries happening on Wednesday night. For more information, visit our website, www.awcnorman.com. Call us at 405-329-1285 or email us at info at awcnorman.com. We hope that this recording has been a blessing to you.